0: think after the first two episodes um we wanted to get it's been a, it's been a couple of weeks before, since we recorded but we wanted to get our first uh actual just single movie review episode out so
1: <laughs> and um, we finally are here here yep. we go episode three movie that we saw is the classic charade 1963 yep Yep, directed by stanley donnan of singing in the rain and seven brides for seven brothers fame and actually looking at it now these three films are the only three films of stanley donnan that i've seen and, oh. uh, and i think I think, yeah, the same, like I think it's the same for me is it about the same for you
0: <laughs> yep they're the only three <laughs>
1: oh boy yeah there we go starring carrie grant and audrey hepburn and yeah, you know, th- this This film is, I'd have to say in, I can't say whether it's like top 10 or top 20, but it certainly is on the list in my favorite films list, which is still growing. And this isn't a film that I will be taking off the list, but this is something that I enjoy watching almost every single time. And it's something that, yeah, this is, this is one of those films that I just do not get tired of. And for you, I think th- that was your first time seeing it, right? Then,
0: yeah. So, yeah, I watched it. Um, I watched it once a couple weeks ago, like right after we recorded, and then uh-huh. said, "Hey, hey why, why not?" Um, I'm going to watch the commentary too. So I took a while to get. I watched it in like 20 minute segments and was taking notes from what um, the commentary was with uh, the director Stanley Donen and then the guy who wrote the screenplay, Peter Stone. Um, uh huh. So I was like, all right. I'll listen to that, and uh, so I've seen it more more than two times because i've I've gone through it oh. a lot. Um, oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, and my initial reaction was like, I, "I this movie was pretty good." Like. Solid, And then I like watch the commentary and I'm like, dang, I like it more now. Um,
1: hey, he's going to like it even more for a third time. The third time he's third time's a charm. You're going to see it I think I will
0: like, cause you know, the, the commentary is a little distracting cause you're not like paying attention to like every single well, you for one, you can't even hear the dialogue, but uh, yeah. Like You're learning yeah. about like the intricacies of whatever scene they were setting up and the director's talking about it. Um, yes, the, writer, exactly. the writer actually kind of sp- not i guess not special but i back in the the, this is what 63 so back in the day with the hollywood studio system i guess it was more commonplace but the actual writer who wrote the script was out there on location where they filmed in france with you know helping stanley donnan um
1: yeah exactly
0: so like he he, like during the the commentary like they're both going back and forth like no that's what happened and this is what like because like they were both there so (laughs) it was kind of cool and and uh, I think it was filmed in like the they're, they're both passed away now, but that was late, right, 90, right. late nineties, I think. So they're like kind of, oh they're a little okay, old, right. but not too old. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's just really funny. They're all in their old age, just trying to reminisce on or trying to remember exactly what happened there. See, that that's something I don't think happened. Well, I think it does still happen now um, in Hollywood, but I'm, I'm not sure if it happened to that kind of degree where, you know, the writer was there. Uh, actually collaborating with the director. And it was it was like, a, it was a team effort. You know, it was like, you could see both of their visions kind of shine through. I'm not sure if that happens now. I'm sure it does, but uh, that seemed to be a frequent thing that happened back then in film.
0: Oh yeah. And, I think it's definitely less now than it was then because now yeah, every, everyone's just like, I don't know. All the writers are like, oh, blame the director. The movie sucks. I didn't like, it. you know, there's a right, lot of, not, right, right. not every time, but that's a lot of, Filmmaking, I think, since like I would say, mm-hmm. like the '80s, once the the studio system kind of fell apart the way it used to be in golden, yeah, classic, you know, the classic age of Hollywood. So, right, um, but right. I think no, they, no, no. Th- there still are collaborations and especially famous ones. But I just think they promoted that back then just because they wanted to get it. They wanted to give the director somebody there to help them make the movie as fast as possible to to churn it out and make the money they needed to make and not spend like two to three years on a film, like, sometimes happens now, so...
1: Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And that's that's part of the interesting thing when the writer was on the set. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I I read this a while back, but, you know, whenever the writer was on the set to watch his script play out in real time uh, via the director, I think... Stuff like that was sort of influential in trying to get the direct, the, not the director, the writer, to actually become a director himself. So, for example, say take someone like Billy Wilder, who you know, well known for Double Indemnity, The Apartment. The reason why he became a director was because he wasn't really a fan of the way directors were, you know, shooting his script. So, for example, I mean, maybe really? this I didn't will know be, a movie. yeah, yeah. So, like for example, this might be a movie that will will. Touch upon uh, sometime in the future, but for example, say take Ball of Fire with Barbara Stanwyck and Gary Cooper. That was written by Billy Wilder and directed by Howard Hawks. And I think there was there's a quote somewhere out in the ether where Billy Wilder literally said, "The only thing I learned how to from Howard Hawks was cut and print." I think that was those were his exact words. He didn't learn anything else but cut and print. And really, he was saying. I didn't like the way that Gary, that not Gary Cooper, Howard Hawks directed my script. So I'm going to become a director myself and shoot my own script the way I want to do it. They weren't really, a, writers like that, they weren't really a fan of the liberties that directors took in terms of their shooting script. And the same thing happened with Preston Sturgis. I mean, uh, he wrote uh, Remember the Night again with, Bar- okay, I'm making, I'm making a second Barbara Stanley reference here. But he... He wrote Remember the Night with Stanwyck and McMurray, and he didn't like the way that Mitchell Lyson directed his script. So that inspired him to become a director himself. So I'm not sure, yeah, I mean, stories like that, I mean, it's just really intriguing just to see, like, okay, you know, this is a team effort, but one has a certain vision which is the writer, and the director has his own vision. But it's always kind of magic when you see the director and writer play off of each other really well. And you see that here in Charade with uh, Donin and his writer, who is... I forgot his name already. Peter Stone. Peter Stone. Uh, Peter Stone, yeah.
0: Like another... I mean, I, I haven't seen it, but with Gregory Peck, uh, the movie Mirage, I'm not sure. Mm. Is that a Hitchcock movie? I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. But, but, um, sure
1: of Mirage.
0: Yeah, so he, he wrote that, and um, I'm lo- it's loading. No, that's uh, Edward I always pronounce his last name wrong. Dimitrik I think is. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah,
0: so that's like the other movie the guy's known for writing, and then he wrote, actually, he wrote the Broadway musical 1776, so I mean pretty oh. pretty hey, famous I like guy, I th- yeah, pretty famous guy, I think. So Yeah. Actually, 17th, 17th what, what you just, classic. yeah, what you just said before, like you need to listen to the commentary. <laughs> and uh, le- listen know, to these yeah, guys
1: bicker. <laughs> I, I was I was gonna say because I mean like you've already listened to the commentary and this is one of my favorite films so I think listening to the commentary will even bring my love for this movie uh, yeah. which already exists to a whole new a whole nother level. So, so yeah, um, that
0: the commentary yeah. is actually free on YouTube because uh, actually the, uh, because f- of the the, the copyright uh, issue, like they didn't copyright <laughs> the, the final print didn't have the copyright in it. So this movie this movie has story. literally been like destroyed by physical media over the last 20 years <laughs> like they've released this so many times because it's free you can just like pay for the printing of it on discs and then release it and make money so like they never <laughs> like the criterion version is probably the most quote unquote complete um edition yeah yeah but, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, which I own. I mean, I recommend uh, getting the Criterion version of this film. Yeah, that, that's the unfortunate thing. But it, it is kind of a funny story how it's been in the public domain for years and years, and then physical media just tampered with it, destroyed the quality, destroyed everything. And the funny thing is, is that um, the copyright still exists for the film outside of the United States, of course. But you know, within within the United States, it's just free for the taking. So that's like, yeah, like, that's just like one of the most uh, interesting things um, when it comes to, you know, the little factoids about this film. But um, but yeah, you know, see, so when it comes to how we were first introduced to this film, I mean, like you you, you wanted to you had been wanting to watch this film for a while.
0: No, Uh, no. You and I were talking about what to cover yeah <laughs> i was, th- was i was like not you know for whatever reason i was like all right i'm picking the first movie but i didn't want to pick something that like you were like i really don't want to do that so i just went through i went through the movies that you had reviewed and i was like all right let's just sort by his highest <laughs> rated that i haven't seen and uh that, that narrowed it down pretty quickly and i was like all right carrie grant audrey hepburn like Mm -hmm. it can't be Mm -hmm. bad i can't hate it like it's gonna be at least average so i was like we'll pick this it's impossible to hate yeah yeah so (laughs) picked it uh ended up watching it then i was like well i think we picked it to review and then i watched it like almost immediately after i picked it maybe the next day
1: yeah yeah i didn't see that coming (laughs) yeah
0: and then um yeah, that was my first time. I really had never heard of the film before. Um, surprisingly oh. enough, um, but it's like Hepburn and Cary Grant. It's like you know, two or three down from like their most known films. So like, I think that's yeah. the only reason why.
1: Right, and Stanley right, right. Don
0: and yeah. st- Singing in the Rain and um, Seven brides seven for brides. seven. Yeah, Seven brides for seven brothers yeah. are so famous. Like again, uh-huh. this is like the third movie on his repertoire that people should know. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 That's why I picked it. But uh, obviously, this is not your first time watching.
1: No, no. See, like my my first time watching it. um, So I think I've spoken about this in the last two episodes. But back in college, uh, you know, being in the film and television school we had our own movie theater and a friend of mine began this this club called cinema club where we would go and watch uh, we would you know gather our friends or whoever would want to join on you know a free day and or a free night and then we would screen movies not you know famous but not not you know famous modern films that people just go out and see but you know it would harken back to a time so we would choose films from back in the day anything from the 1930s to the 40s anything from ozu kurosawa or a hitchcock film or a woody allen film and there came a time where i was late to the screening because of for for whatever reason but charade was playing and i i made it into the theater but it got i was already sort of towards the end but which was unfortunate but right when i walked into the theater it was the chase scene at the end with audrey running you know in her really expensive outfit uh through the uh you <laughs> through call, the, uh, train. You,
0: you call that running <laughs> she's like oh i can barely yeah, move she, in this thing it's like really oh, tight yeah
1: yeah pretty much pretty much yeah yeah she's wearing like in heels like oh i can't tear this dress i gotta be careful it's like jeez i <laughs> but, think uh, yeah like
0: to not to cut yeah. you off, but I think that oh, dress no. was actually her personal like item that she wore. Like, apparently, oh, was it really? Don and Stone were like, Yeah, like every scene they're like, Oh, and that was her actual outfit. Oh, that's her outfit. So she was like, Dressing In the commentary, <laughs> yeah, she was dressing herself for this film. But
1: oh, geez, so you, you know yeah, what? I you, wouldn't be really surprised about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: you, you came into a very uh tense part of the movie, then. To- I,
1: I came into a very tense part, part of the movie and, and then watched it to the end even though i see I, I i'm i'm the kind of guy who really hates spoilers it's sort of i've become sort of lenient on it now just based on the kind of films that are released today but when it comes generally when it comes to movies i don't want to know anything before watching a film and this one it's I, extreme, I got into
0: this, that's extremely hard that's extremely hard nowadays just pre- it's very very like, difficult
1: nowadays yeah
0: for a new movie. The only way to not get it spoiled is like you got to go watch it right away
1: (laughs) exactly you just can't go online because there's some there's somebody there who's just going to let it out um which which really sucks nowadays in this age of social media but you know well with this film uh i don't know it was just it was just different you know i watched i watched it from you know the last what 20 30 minutes of the film and then, eventually, a couple of years after I graduated from college, I revisited the film I bought the film I bought the criterion release uh during one of the sales, and then watched it again and watched the whole thing from beginning to end, loved it, and then watched it again some other and then yeah, you know when it came to actually uh watching this movie again, you know you had i hadn't seen the movie in a long time, but you know it really rekindled my my love for the film and uh yeah you know like the, it's it it just doesn't get old it really just does not get old now i really want to watch the commentary because i'm like how did i not watch the commentary before i really got to watch it now
0: yeah you and, you really got to it's like honestly it's gonna be a productive two like two hour rewatch two hour
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i'll definitely get to it when, once i get the time But, you know, also a funny thing about this movie is that, you know, we mentioned Stanley Donnan in the beginning uh, of Singing in the Rain and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers fame. Singing in the Rain was a film that I watched for the very first time in my college movie theater because it was part of the syllabus of my film class. And, you know, film class, uh, whatever. Um, it's, It's Honestly, you look back at that, it's just kind of a joke. But uh I saw that on the syllabus and I I said to myself, I'm not going to watch this. Uh, I've been w- meaning to watch this for a while, but I'm not going to watch it until we step into that movie theater. And, you know, I enjoyed, I just enjoyed it all the way through. And that also is one of my favorite films. But, you know, when it came to this film, I think it took a, I didn't know it was directed by Stanley Donnan until after my second watch. I thought to myself, really? That's Stanley Donnan. Huh. That is really, really interesting. And you look at what what people are saying about this movie, and everyone says the exact same thing, which is, quote, the best Hitchcock movie Hitchcock never made, end quote. And, you know, I don't know. Like In a way, that is—it definitely is a positive statement. It's a complimentary statement, but in a way, it's sort of— I feel like people need to quit saying that, to be honest. I mean, you kind of had the idea that it, it seemed pretty Hitchcockian when you first saw it, right?
0: You had to ask me who directed that, I would have said, like, that era, I would have said Hitchcock, maybe Billy Wilder, maybe (laughs) John Sturgis, like, because he's made other other thrillers. But yeah, those would have been Uh, like my three top picks.
1: Um, John Sturgis is really interesting that you brought up. But
0: but actually, if you think of it, if not, well, not think, if you look at the movie quote unquote cover, (laughs) Uh like, uh it kind of looks like Hitchcock art. Just, I mean, it that's does. just it, so it's misleading. It's a visual cue.
1: Yeah, it's like vertigo. It looks like vertigo. <laughs> exactly. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it, it's very Hitchcockian in terms of you know in terms of those elements. But I'm I'm not saying that like I'm annoyed by the the set you know the idea that it's the best Hitchcock movie Hitchcock never made. But I, I feel like in a way when people say that, people just forget that this is not this is you, you got to attribute this to. to a Stanley Donnan, uh from Stanley Donnan's, you know, incantation. It's his, th- th- this is his charm. You know, this is very, this is a Stanley Donnan film first and foremost, not a, you know, not a Hitchcock film. And I guess in a way the film ca- it suffers from that, from that sentiment, not really suffers, but somewhat suffers from that sentiment because people keep attributing it to Hitchcock. And yet people do know that it's not a Hitchcock film. It's just, I don't know. I feel like more of the credit, you know, people need to talk about Stanley Donnan more. This is a Stanley Donnan picture.
0: I agree. and And I think I know why you're saying that. And it's because Hitchcock, again, very good director. We'll leave him. We're not going to talk about him anymore. Don't even bring his name up the rest of the podcast, the rest (laughs) of this episode. But I think the reason (laughs) that this is a Stanley Donnan film is, well, From again, I've only seen two other ones, but for me, it's the, it's like the romance aspect of the, of the movie. I mean, he's, really good at that from what i've seen so it doesn't feel like it, again it's a thriller slash mystery movie and a, a rom-com at the exact same time which is like four yeah. genres blending that together is not
1: an easy thing to do it, like it's make, not an easy thing to, to do. make it effective all, to
0: make it effective
1: yeah yeah it's not an easy thing to do but the you know the, the thing the, the the difference that i think people need to understand i guess look, this is my opinion just based on what you know, the English auteurs done from the uh, from before, and then you compare that to what Donnan does in this film. But I would also attribute that to the chemistry, just the natural chemistry between uh, Grant and Hepburn. But there's a a striking balance, because you, you mentioned, like, yeah, four genres in one. There's a striking balance between the charm and the suspense. And, um... You know, well, well, when I first saw, I felt like, say, North by Northwest, I I, I was thrown off by it for the first time because I, I felt that I, the charms outweighed the suspense. And I was way too charmed by that film to even feel the thrills or actually be on the edge of my seat. But that is something that I have that that is um, a method of filmmaking from Hitchcock. I'm sorry, I have to bring his name up again. That oh, I, you did uh, it. Sort of, <laughs> that I, that, that, <laughs> wait, what? I said, you did it. (laughs) Yeah, I did it. But, you know, it's like, I I got to drive that point because it's like it's something that I've grown to love over time. And it's something that has to be very, very well respected because it is a hard thing to do. However, you know, the way Hitchcock does it is that when it comes to charm and suspense, they more so feel like they're racing each other towards the finish line. So you take something like North by Northwest or name another film, but... Basically, at the end of that film, Charm uh, beats the Suspense and, you know, hits the finish line first. Whereas when you when you look at what Donnan does in uh, Charade, Suspense and Charm, they're basically fighting each other in the boxing ring. Like, they're trying to outclass each other. And eventually, that fight ends in a draw. So, Charade is like a, a great balance between Charm and Suspense. And see that I think is even harder to accomplish. Yeah. Well. So
0: I I agree, and I think what you touched upon earlier Uh was that it was Audrey and uh, Carrie, like their their charisma and their like just relationship with each other was felt very natural. But you know, uh, maybe you don't know this was their first film together. It is. It might be. It 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 might be their only film together. I don't know. Um,
1: I think. I think it is their only film together because I think.
0: I mean the age oh, yeah, difference, I mean, I think this was his second to last, Carrie's second to last film or whatever. Oh, but really? But funny oh. enough, they didn't so he was like fifty-nine, I think, when they were filming. Yeah. I think he turned sixty during filming. Yeah, he, I so think
1: he, I think he did. He was he was right, right He was pretty it.
0: he was pretty old, like and she was only like, you know, five Audrey to, was only less than great. five to t- Five or ten years into her career, so she had to be like maybe yeah. thirty-two. I'd guess, just guessing. Yeah,
1: she was, she was thirty-three during filming. Okay, and so Carrie, Car- 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 yeah, Carrie had been uncomfortable with uh, the idea that he was playing a very very older gentleman right alongside Audrey. So he didn't want the he he didn't want to be the pursuer in in, in, in the dynamic in the relationship, which is interesting, you. which but- is very interesting. But I find it to be very it's very adorable in a way you know you look at the way audrey acts alongside him you look at the, you look at the way he acts alongside audrey it's like man <laughs> i don't know like the, just the charm of that is just so it's just so mag- there's something so magnetic about that yeah and i mean he doesn't uh, se-
0: he doesn't seem 60 classy. though
1: no no he doesn't seem he 60 he seems at like yeah 48
0: to 53 somewhere in there like he doesn't seem yeah, 60 I
1: agree but he's he, very young, very spry. <laughs> yeah, did, did you
0: know that they didn't meet until they before, right before filming? That was the first time they ever met.
1: That was the first time they ever met, but on set.
0: Like no, or they, 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 they you... Donnan took them to dinner. Um, uh huh. And they introduced each other. You know, they were. He, you know. Don said something like this was in the commentary. Don said something like, well, I don't need to tell you each other's names because you're very familiar with each other. But, you know, uh, Audrey, Carrie, Carrie, Audrey. whatever. (laughs) And um, Audrey was like so worked up and nervous about it. And, you know, Uh... I guess I guess Carrie could tell. And he was like, what's the problem? And she's like, I'm just really nervous. I don't know what to say. And he's like, well, if you don't know what to say, like put your head down the table, put your arms out and just take a deep breath. So she did it, and she spilled <laughs> a bottle. She spilled a bottle of wine on him. <laughs>
1: oh, and he just <laughs> sat there,
0: it. sat there, and finished dinner with like a you know it was, he was wearing like a like a white uh, tan suit or something, and he, oh, he just geez. sat there with this big spot on his suit. Like, <laughs> so I, that probably was a really good icebreaker for like the that is a great icebreaker for the film. I actually, so.
1: I heard about that story where Audrey did spill wine on Carrie's suit, but I didn't know it was you know it. In that was that was why because you know it was during the first time that they met and she was nervous. That's he that, told that's her really to do interesting. It. He told her to do it, and also I think that might be a reference to the, uh, the, the. There is a scene, of course, where Audrey accidentally hits Carrie with her ice cream cone, and then there's ice cream on his suit. That might have been. I think that was a sly, I thought I read this somewhere, but that was a sly reference to that incident in real life. I,
0: I wouldn't put it past him.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. But, um, <laughs> we've talked Jeez, a lot. If I was of... in that situation, I'd be the one spilling wine on an Audrey Hepburn because I'd be so nervous as hell. Yeah, That's you'd good. be like, I don't even know I can't <laughs> even talk to you right now. I can't talk to you. All I can do is look at you. So okay. I'm gonna stop right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, since uh we're talking about charade, let's uh yeah. and we have we've talked about it, we've alluded to things, but we haven't said look like, what it's about. So I'll let you uh, uh if you want to take that away. Or do you want Yeah, wanna... sure.
1: So, yeah, I can take it away. So, spoilers, in case anyone doesn't want to know what it's about. But, or, well, not really spoilers, but let's go through the plot just for a bit. So, while vacationing in the French Alps, the beautiful simultaneous interpreter and expatriate American Regina Lampert, played by Audrey Hepburn, tells her friend Sylvie that she is divorcing her husband Charles. Meanwhile, she runs into Peter Joshua, a.k.a. Cary Grant a mysterious fellow American. So upon returning to Paris, Regina discovers her apartment stripped empty and her husband not only missing, but, spoilers, dead. With three bad men hot on her tail in pursuit of the US government's money that Charles stole, apparently, Regina must escape and find the bundle of cash herself. <laughs> under the aegis of CIA administrator Hamilton Bartholomew, who was, also, who was played by Walter Matthau, In order to stay stay safe, and meanwhile, Peter Joshua frequently pops into Regina's life as well. But is he friend or foe? And Uh, and yeah, that is.
0: If you if you look online on like IMDb or Wikipedia or wherever, like that's basically the the plot premise that people put out there before you even see the movie. So that's not too like the not
1: too heavy. Yeah,
0: you find out he's dead like in the first. Well, actually, the opening scene, but um, <laughs>
1: pretty much, yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's,
0: he's thrown off a train, actually, where he's like, he was like running away. He had a ticket. Yeah, he had exactly. a ticket ticket for like either a flight to somewhere or a boat to somewhere, uh-huh. but whatever. Um, yeah, but yeah. So clearly, some weird stuff going on, and uh, obviously you mentioned the CIA, so it's already spooky. <laughs> 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 but um... oh yeah, yeah. So. I'll just touch upon a couple things things uh, up front before we delve more into the plot than that little uh, snippet. But um, yeah, so obviously my first time watch, but um, I think the casting for like literally every character was absolutely perfect. Um, you right. <laughs> so you have Walter, like Walter Matthau, as you uh, already referenced was the, yeah. the CIA agent and and he's just, Absolutely hysterical! Like he's always like, whenever he talks to to Audrey's character, he's always like doing something goofy. Like at one point, I, yeah. think, I think he was squatting at one point, like on a phone. He was squatting
1: <laughs> at one point over uh, so the phone. Yeah, <laughs> that, he like
0: actually made me like laugh out loud, and I was like, I don't really <laughs> usually do that. Um, <laughs> and then so, act. yeah. Then the three bad guys played by uh, George Kennedy, James Coburn, and Ned Glass, which. Um, uh, James Coburn, most people probably know from like The Great Escape and other famous uh, '60s era movies. Um, George Kennedy was usually a heavy. He played in, he, I think he was in a lot of. Uh, when I say a lot, he was in a, a, at least a few um, Clint Eastwood movies in the in the '70s. And uh, when he was older, uh, he yeah. was younger here, but he's like always the heavy kind of. He's a big dude, six four, know, yeah, tall, wide, you know, wide, very probably very scary to most people that that are under <laughs> six foot. Um, Right, right, and then Ned Glass was like, um, I think he was a comedian slash actor that was basically from New York. He had this very thick, like, very whiny New York accent, just kind of typical. <laughs> um, right, but yeah, they're, right, they're playing right. the three the three bad guys, and like at uh-huh. one point one point in the movie, uh, even Carrie calls them the Three Marx Brothers, like they're just this yeah. co- this comedy trio, like because it's literally like <laughs> totally different absolutely absolutely totally different uh personalities and it was Correct. perfect so and yeah so I mean like you already said and we already touched upon uh it's a mystery th- thriller because obviously like this woman's husband's dead and like there's this money this money missing but at the same time she's like kind of falling in. I mean, from the first five minutes, she was like falling in love with this older gentleman that she doesn't even know. Like, she doesn't even know who this guy is. And she's like,
1: yeah, throwing herself yeah. at him.
0: Uh, kind of not like totally, but kind of
1: not totally in the in beginning. A very, in the beginning. In, yeah. In and in, in quite a classy way, you know, Let's just say, but it, it's not it, it's not gratuitous at all. But, you know, like it, there, there's like it's just like the, the magic of that. Uh, you no, know, it's just incredibly charming uh, uh, to see. And just, the way, I don't know, you know, you think about it, you know, I don't think really any other, any other actress or, you know, like Audrey or any other actor like Carrie would have been able to pull something like that off because it was believable. It was, it was very, you know, the romance is whimsical, but, you know, it was very, in a way, it was very believable, uh, if you ask me. And it was just a joy to see.
0: Um, sorry, oh. I'm chewing my Ricola right now. Uh, but... um <laughs> Do you no, want to do you want to like go into the plot a little bit more spoiler heavy?
1: Spoiler heavy, yeah, yeah. I we, mean, we can. we can just touch we upon
0: can. some of the the big things. Um, I mean, like who's I,
1: Peter, jo- like who's Peter Joshua, yeah, truly, so who's like, well, Hamilton Bartholomew?
0: Yeah. So as we, you know, as we already said, um, you yeah, the first scene is this opening sequence, and uh, a train. Goes by, you know, f- flashes by the camera, and then it cuts to like a guy being a dead body being thrown out. This guy,
1: right? <laughs> and, and from what we already so it's said, you, very dark.
0: Yeah, you kind of know who it is. And then there's a title scene, and actually, that title scene was, um it's like a you know very '60s groovy kind of like there's a oh, bunch of yeah. bunch of neon colors and stuff. It actually was made yep. made by Maurice Binder, who did the guy who did like all the '60s Bond um, intro title cards.
1: So, right, was, and, and the composer was Henry Mancini of the Pink Panther fame. So, you combine those two, you get something magical like yeah, that. It was it was amazing.
0: De- definitely <laughs> jazzy, and
1: yeah, um, I love that. I love that. I'm kind of a sucker for stuff like that. I it, was almost, that. it was
0: almost. It was almost the '70s before it was the '70s. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of jazz in the '50s and '60s too, but it was like, oh yeah, just a really before its time kind of vibe. Um, <laughs> but then we cut. Then we cut to um, the French Alps, and we're so uh-huh. we don't know where the, the train was, but we're in the French Alps. No. You, you're introduced to this like you know beautiful woman, Audrey Hepburn,
1: yeah.
0: and then uh, um,
1: <laughs> there's like
0: that little shot where like someone points a gun at her and yeah it shoots you know then it pulls the trigger and the water comes out hits her in the face it's, it's, she's at a um sorry yeah she's at a ski resort so she's sitting there like having right. l- lunch or something but like <laughs> that actually if you for that shot if you like go back and look because uh-huh. a little kid shoots her in the face with water but the first shot is actually of a real man's hand like it's is that, oh it,
1: is it really yeah it uh, wasn't yeah. a kid's hand so like it does Not look a like hand. a real gun It looks so good though i mean it's just funny you 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 go from that uh, from that you know uh dark sinister scene with uh miranda Lampert's husband being thrown off the train and then you get the groovy jazz sequence intro and then suddenly you get to the french alps and you're like okay okay where's this going and then suddenly someone pulls out a gun you're like oh my god really are we gonna go here and Suddenly, it's not, it's just a little uh, goofy scene with this kid with a a water gun shaped like a luger. I think, yeah,
0: I know. And there's no like back in those days, they didn't put orange tips on the end of guns, so like you didn't look like real guns, (laughs) it looked like a real gun. I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 but in this scene, after that happens, she like basically tells uh, Audrey tells uh, her name's Regina Lampert, Lampert, yeah, with a P. She uh, tells her best friend or whoever, her friend that she met, I guess, in France, um, Mm -hmm. Sylvie, that, hey, I'm pretty unhappy, actually. Uh, She's there by herself. She's not with her husband. And uh, so, yeah, then then she meets. She's unhappy. She wants a divorce. Then immediately after that, like two minutes after that, she meets this guy, Cary Grant, Peter Joshua.
1: um, (laughs) And there's this
0: exchange. But.
1: Um, a very, a very, very quick, very charming exchange suddenly. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, Oh my God, you're hitting me with too much charm here. So
0: then, (laughs) and then we're, we fast forward and she goes back home. She plans on divorcing her husband and then, Oh, all my stuff's gone. Like Mm -hmm. she finds out from the police, like, Hey, your husband, uh, took all your stuff and he sold it for a lot of money. And then he ran away and then he was found (laughs) dead and like this just yeah. hits you like in the first 10 minutes you're like oh okay
1: all of a sudden it just all happens it's all thrown at you right in your face so you're thinking to yourself okay what happened what's going on here
0: yeah and then and the, so the police this guy is when she returns yeah well oh, yeah. The, the police guy shows her hey your husband was going here um here's his stuff here's a bag she he, they dump it out he's like Yep, here's a an envelope. Here's like his toothpaste, blah blah blah. And then like the last couple things he shows her is the guy's got four different passports. So so clearly this starts off really quick, like quote unquote charade. Like that she didn't even know her own husband. So that's kind of the, the theme we see throughout the entire film is people don't seem people aren't who they people seem aren't who they are yeah, yeah. exactly it's if kind they of are,
1: they aren't who they seem exactly exactly so that's that is the running theme throughout the film and that is you know the root of all the twists and turns mm-hmm. that people are gonna find out later on yeah so yeah. Yeah, we, yeah we don't need to
0: we don't need to go touch upon no. like every single thing but no
1: that'll uh, be up to
0: one of you <laughs> yeah one of my f- favorite scenes or maybe not favorite but second favorite is uh when they all go to the funeral home, and uh, yeah, well, she's honestly one of them, Yeah, yeah, she's she's sitting there with her friend and the police guys in the back. And <laughs> excuse me, and and he's and they're like, oh, at least like, at least he's well behaved, and he's sitting back there like clipping his fingernails <laughs> like making fun of making fun of the French guy for being dirty. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. At least, at least he knows how to act during funerals and then he's just clipping his toenails in the, in the, in the very back of the, uh, <laughs> of the room. Yeah. And, and then
0: we're introduced at that point to, that seems like kind of comic, uh, comic. And then at the same time, it's kind of like scary, not scary, but like, Hey, there's all these guys coming in to see your husband. She doesn't know who any of, the, of them are and they're all really Seemingly pissed off. It's kind of. Yeah. So then we, we, then, then we go to, then we get introduced to Walter Mathau and he's, you know, she goes and meets him at the off, at the, uh, his office at the U.S. Embassy. That's and, right. And
1: basically he's like a very, very, uh, I got to say, sorry to cut you off, but a very, very, uh, you know, intriguing uh, way to introduce Walter was Just the way he walks in—you know, no effort at all. He's, you know, <laughs> he's there to console uh, Regina Lampert uh, and talk to her about this mission that she must be on at this point.
0: Yeah, and, and he, he's like chicken or liverwurst, <laughs> like the <yeah>. sandwiches. <laughs> that's so
1: great. I um, love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. He actually, it.
0: They, it took him. It took him. I get, I think half a day or a full day to finish that scene. And I they think really? yeah, wow. Don and basically said like, or it was either him or Peter stone. I think he, uh, Mathel ate like 80 of those little small sandwiches in that day. Like he just kept eating them. Cause he had, he was like, Hey, he suggested to whoever, like, Hey, I think this scene would be funnier if I'm like eating the sandwiches while I'm talking to her. So like he had, he had to like keep eating these sandwiches over and over again. Um, oh my God! <laughs> so he's like, "Yeah, I'm,
1: fu- I'm I'm funny when I eat."
0: <laughs> and I mean, he, well, is.
1: he, he isn't wrong. He isn't wrong. It were it, it. It made the scene even more interesting just by simply eating the sandwiches.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so in this scene, we're introduced to him, and at the same time, he's like, "Oh yeah, and uh, actually, I'm a CIA agent, and your husband was part of this group in World War II of dudes who like went across." the uh you know the ford operation you know the ford line and like right. stole money and uh-huh. um basically We're the husband that's
1: right you know, somehow
0: yeah somehow it was it was money they stole it, it was I, well, however many francs converted now to present day 1963 hundred right. and fifty thousand dollars right right. that's where that comes in and the police like it all makes sense now because the police guy says hey your husband like sold all your stuff for $250,000. But that to me, right. it didn't, didn't make much sense. Cause it's like, it wasn't, it couldn't have been that much stuff, but regardless <laughs> you find that out. There's a lot of, he, basically that scene serves as a big exposition. It's like, Hey, this is why these guys are after you. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. they weren't really after her yet, but it was, it, they seemed kind of bizarre at the funeral home. So, um, so yeah, then we, we move on from there to, uh, back to the house. And she's somehow Carrie's just there again. Um, Carrie
1: pops in. Carrie pops in out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of funny, actually. That scene, they got the light at his back. So he like you can't. It's just a silhouette. And I'm yeah. like, thinking back on it now, it's like that's exactly the point of the movie is you don't know who it is. You can't see who it is. Exactly. It's just a person. Exactly. Which is you know, a, there's great.
1: A, there's a piece of trivia um, attributed to that scene, too, is because, you know, the light is shining from the back. But, you know, naturally, you would see the light sort of shine behind his ears, but you don't in that scene. And the way they did that was they actually put tape behind Carrie's ears so that he would literally just look like a shadow walking into the room. So, you know, that's why it's like it's just all black. And it's like, yeah, it, it really helps to sell that theme of, okay, you don't really know who this is. You can't trust this guy, really.
0: Yeah. But so it, I, everyone, I don't know. No, I, I could have been wrong. I, I could have been wrong about the order, but that scene happens either bef- right before the Walter Matthau
1: scene or right after. I forget. But- oh, it happens right. I think. I think it happens right after. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I think it does happen right after. You yeah. know, and then there's something about that too because uh, it's really funny. I mean, going back to the chicken liverwurst scene, I think he. I think Walter Matthau goes chicken. I've got chicken liverwurst or liverwurst. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the, that's the funny thing. Like that—that's sort of something that I think people kind of miss is that Audrey's character stress eats. Yeah, I, I was then. gonna bring that up. Yeah, we're gonna bring that up. Yeah. Well, no, no, I was
0: gonna bring that up, but like I think during that scene, she says no initially, and then he drops this like truth bomb on her, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah. can I have one of those sandwiches?" Actually, actually, yeah,
1: <laughs> chicken or liverwurst? Yeah, chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> The same thing happened in the in in, in not really, well sort of sort of in the beginning when uh, the police the French police inspector is asking her more information about her husband and then she pulls out a bag of I think either she's either eating olives or grapes and she's just munching on them as she's being asked all these questions and you know you see that she just has no idea at all what's going on doesn't even know who he truly is where he's been who he's been you know uh conniving with or whatever and it's just it's a really interesting um thing to pick up on the certain little you know tidbits that humans do if like you know they're nervous or if they're stressed out and with regina lampert you know she's stress eating in the in in these scenes
0: yeah there's that and then there's also obviously of the time the 60s people still smoke cigarettes so she does that too a lot she's stress smokes um, but usually, I yeah. think I think it happens m- more than once, if I am not mistaken. But it's never her cigarettes. I think she like gets it from somebody else. She's like, can yeah, I have one? Of the- yeah. Can I have one of those? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I remember that. So yeah, all that happens, and um, basically, Carrie's there. Like, hey, you know, I kind of like you, and like she ob- <laughs> she obviously is likes him to a degree because she's yeah. flirting with him at first sight. Um, mm-hmm, right he's away. like, "Hey, Wait. I'm gonna help you out here. Let's like m- let's relocate you to a hotel, exactly." So, so they a do hotel. that. Cool. Yeah, they do that, and then he's like, "All right, well, to get your mind off of it, like, let's go to the nightclub." And of, of course, <laughs> they go to the nightclub. There's like a silly scene there with like an uh, orange under someone's chin, and you got to get it, pick it up yourself or something.
1: Yeah, a little silly game there. And then you cannot and then and then one people. of the
0: one of the bad guys from the funeral home shows up and is like during the game and like whispers in her ear, like we're going to get you if you don't give us the money. Exactly. And then there's a scary scene. Coburn, she runs away into a,
1: into a phone booth, a phone
0: booth. And then Coburn starts like gets in there with her and just starts lighting matches and dropping them on her, like scaring her. <laughs> exactly. That, that, uh, yeah. The first time I saw that, I was like, what's he going to like,
1: What's he going to do? Yeah, I was like, what's he
0: going to do? And then he just kind of like walks out and then carries there. So
1: carries there to make it all feel better.
0: Yeah. Um, So then after that, they go back to the hotel. Yeah. And then George Kennedy, the big guy, the big heavy Mm -hmm. is in in her hotel room and attacks her. Yeah. Yeah. And then attacks her. She runs out. Then Carrie runs in. The door closes. There's what we think is some sort of fight. And then she, uh-huh. she goes back in there and he's like, you know, yeah, I'm hurt, whatever. <laughs> so then, <laughs> then they they, separ- they go their separate ways. Um, she go- stays in her room. He gets his own room there. And then you, then he climbs over. He climbs out the window and he climbs over to another room. And then he goes in where all the three guys are at. And you realize they all know each other. Mm-hmm. And he's after the money too.
1: Yep. Yeah. And the moment where you're like, oh no, not Cary Grant. Oh God.
0: No. Yeah. And then if if uh <laughs> they mention it during the commentary, the next scene after that, Carrie for like five to ten minutes, I think it might have been five minutes-ish, his face yeah. is like evil looking. Like they purposely oh. they purposely like shot it and told him to like have a scrunched look on his face so his eyebrows look down.
1: Oh <laughs>
0: and like they lit it so that like the light hit him and like the the shadows on his eye like his face just looks like evil and like you you the viewer is supposed to look at him differently now and they
1: they literally yeah.
0: make him look different
1: Yeah ah jeez oh wow wow that, See, that's I don't think I even noticed that myself That's yeah. unbelievable okay I got to watch that again
0: um, That
1: is interesting that's really interesting certain visual cues to actually kind of trick you
0: yeah I mean I think they just back then they they almost wanted to like they didn't want you to they didn't want to just tell you something they wanted you to like figure it out yourself
1: yeah 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 that's up to you
0: so then again (laughs) um, after that scene I forget how it happens but I think um, she followed yeah he goes out and um, Audrey follows him uh, follows Carrie to, like, some place in, fi- you know, a mail- American Express or something. And, oh, yeah. And figures out, like, his real name.
1: And, yes. <laughs> uh She
0: confronts him over the telephone, which they're in the, they're in these, to- they're in these two phone booths, like, five feet apart. And she calls, uh-huh. and she's, like, talking to him and he reveals himself to be Carson, um, Carson Dial's brother, who, Carson Dial's one of the guys who was with the group of world war two, um, yeah. Soldiers. American soldiers. Yeah. The ones, who stole the, money. Yeah, the ones right. who stole the money. So he's like, Oh, I'm the guy, I'm the guy's brother. Actually. I was just, you know, lying to you because well,
1: Alexander <laughs> yeah. Carson Dow's brother. You didn't know Carson Dow had a brother.
0: <laughs> yeah. So again, a bunch of stuff happens, but basically Mr. CIA keeps coming back to her and is like, actually he's, He's not, he, he, you know. Carson Dial didn't have a brother, Miss Lambert. Right. <laughs> Sorry to tell you that. You know, she, he keeps asking, <laughs> asking her now to like, hey, you're in this with me. Like, we we need that money back for the American go- or the yeah the U S government. Like, you're gonna help me get it back. So like now she's gonna <laughs> go fight against Carrie. Like, in, in you know, not fight, but play this game of cat and mouse with her with yeah. him. At the same exactly. time as these three bad guys are like, "Hey, we're going to literally kill you if you don't give us our damn money back," <laughs> um, and then yeah, there's there's a lot of other stuff going on, but we we find out again that um, he's not who he says he is. Still, <laughs> he's not exactly. Alex Dial either. Yeah. And while he's this is, and style. while this is happening, <laughs> and while that's happening, um, all those. The three bad guys slowly start getting whacked off.
1: Um, exactly. Yeah, they consecutively get. You know, the, they're they're getting mysteriously killed, and you're you're you are to believe that this is might this might be Carrie's doing. This might be his character doing this.
0: Yeah, you can't but, really you tell know. if it's one of the, if. It, well, like the first two you can't tell if it's Carrie or the other guys, and then once yeah. the last one dies, it's like. Oh, well, it's got to be him, and then
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. they lead you to believe that, and uh, actually, they basically told you it was that because the James Coburn's character once he's you know spoilers obviously at this point once his character gets killed like they he was suffocated so he was alive long enough to like write on the carpet in the hotel Dial. like <laughs> like the last name Dial so
1: yeah exactly so um, that try they, they try to sell you with that uh oh Dial okay. they're trying to sell you and make you think that carrie is truly the villain in this tale
0: yeah but like Um, before that happens actually that scene before that scene he changes his name again to adam canfield so now he's had like he's on his fourth name or something
1: yeah his third Um, third alias or something yeah (laughs) yeah
0: and then he then then the the other murders happen and well no. There's one reveal that happens before the third murder, but do we want to spoil the entire plot? Are you fine with that?
1: Uh, No, I think this might... Well, I mean, if anyone here has stayed long enough to listen to some of these spoilers, it's probably best to watch the film yourself. Yeah, definitely. At that point. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, all the twists and turns, and you're like, you know, your suspicion just continues to grow as the film goes on. But simultaneously, you're also charmed by the entire thing. And you know that that, that that's you know that, that that's just part of the magic, and it's just funny just to see how sort of ditzy uh, Regina Lampert is because you know she can't really trust anyone. At the same time, she's fallen in love with Carrie, even though he's given her three aliases and she can't really trust exactly which one is true. <laughs> so um, you see all of that, and then you get to. Th- uh, you eventually. Get well, so to- before oh, yeah, you on.
0: before you say what you're gonna say, uh-huh. the the second guys murdered the second bad guys murdered, and then they go back to the um Regina Lampert's husband's um what's his name Char- Charles Charles Charles. Yeah, yeah, Charles yeah Charles well Charles Lampert then we find out um, from math out that his name was Charles Voss but either way Charles yeah Charles, Charles. had a um had an appointment book so. Uh, James Coburn's character um, Audrey and Carrie, like Carrie and Audrey go together and, and then James Coburn's character's name's Tex. He shows up. They go to this place, like this park and they're all look like, hey, what The his, his last appointment was in, at this place. So like, what was here? <laughs> um, so they go there and Tex is Carrie's following Tex, and Tex is walking down this like little, like, I guess, m- mini market where a bunch of different things are being sold. Exactly. And uh, they walk down. It's like, it's kind of, you know, one minute of these thrills of like, oh, what's happening? He's, he's following him. And then uh-huh. James Coburn's character just gets, drops his jaw to the floor and is like, he realizes something, uh, a big deal. He realizes a big deal. And he uh-huh. runs out of it. He runs right by Carrie. doesn't even notice him. He runs, he hits it. I think he <laughs> runs into him. Uh, he runs even, into him. Yeah, he yeah. just runs out, and Carrie like, is like, What the hell? What happened?
1: <laughs> yeah. So then Carrie chases him and then follows him and sees what's up. Yeah. Well, well yeah, his, yeah. Yeah, go on.
0: Well, no, I was going to say, that's Carrie, like, keeps going is like, What the heck did this guy just figure out? And then it comes to him, and I'll let you reveal it.
1: Well, this is where uh, we discover what they were truly after, it was the stamps. The stamps cost that much of the money that they, the bundle of money that they were searching for had actually been the cost of the stamps. The very expensive, yeah.
0: So that's why they they were at that market and there's a bunch of stamp dealers.
1: Mm -hmm. Something so simple, something so small yet and precious it happens to be uh, the price that they were after. Which so is, which is wild big, to me. Yeah, it's wild. You know, it's a, it's not something that you would even think of. You no, really it, would. Yeah,
0: that was on purpose. They they, were, they didn't want it to be too obvious. I think.
1: No, they didn't want it to be too obvious. But it was and right they're, they're there.
0: Almost- it was right there the yeah. entire time. They pull out that that envelope like five times in
1: front of your face. It, exactly. It's it, it's right. The, the the prize is right in front of you the entire time, and you don't you don't discover what it is until. Towards the end um, when that scene happens, and there's also something about that scene that's real, that's very, very interesting too, because um, first, those stamps were in the hands of so uh, like we said before, Regina has this friend Sylvie, who's you know at her side pretty much through most of the film. And Sylvie has uh, a son. And it's her. It's her young son, the one who uh, shot, <laughs> used the water gun against uh, Audrey Hepburn's character in the beginning. But he had the stamps and sold, uh, traded them. He sold them to this uh, th- this stamp dealer, who gave him a, a a huge bag of stamps, all of which don't even cost as much as those four stamps. Oh, uh, four stamps, yeah, I believe.
0: It was th- three stamps, and three stamps. Were, like, each one was worth like a hundred. 80,000, whatever, and this guy gives exactly. him, like, here's 10 bucks worth of stamps, dude.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because the, yeah, all...
0: the kid, the kid's just thinking, I just traded three for, like, a
1: hundred, like. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, oh, God, really? So, well, when, when you get to that, but that scene, though, itself, when, when Audrey and when uh, Regina and Sylvie make their way back to to him to actually, you know, get the stamps back and gain the information. There's something about the way that scene is shot and the way it's delivered where, you know, this stamp dealer has... He couldn't really believe what he has in his hands. And, you know, you the audience, you get to learn exactly what each stamp entails, what it means, how much it costs. And at the end, when Audrey apologizes, you know, gives him the money and says, you know, these are mine. And, you know, the stamp dealer just simply goes... No that's all right madam uh, madame uh they were i i i owned them for a few minutes that is all and then the scene just ends and goes right back to you know the action of what's gonna happen uh w- with Audrey and Carrie's characters uh you know before the movie ends but th- there's something about that scene where it's like it's it's very it's uh somber and but it's so it's so simply delivered and it's like wow wow that that was kind of touching, you know. <laughs> That was kind of that was kind of sad, but it was it was also it was kind of touching. Just a, a scene over those stamps, and you realize how precious and valuable they are. And yeah, so it was kind it was kind of beautiful. Just wanted to
0: yeah, no, it was. I that, like that scene. Yeah. I like how they like put the close up of the stamps, like, and they're like they don't look like they're worth a lot of money. Like they're just basic looking, but they're like they're one, it's <laughs> it's 1963, and I think one of them was like from 1850 or something, Sweden or something. It was like somewhere really bizarre and yeah. it was really old. Yeah, so yeah. it makes sense. But well, uh-huh. yeah, the guy was just like, yeah, I'm happy that I had them for this long. Like it's good enough. <laughs> That's
1: good enough. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Cause like he initially said, like, I can't put a price on these
1: things. Like exactly, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, after all They're- that happens, we come back and realize Texas, you know, Tex and Carrie have an exchange at the hotel, and they're both like, you know, James Coburn's like, ha like, we both got played, you idiot, like, we're both idiots, and he's like laughing, like, whatever, and then Carrie, <laughs> Carrie leaves, and James Coburn stays, that's where James Coburn gets killed, mm-hmm. and uh, we're led to believe Carrie pro- might have done it, because it just cuts away, like, um, so it's possible Carrie did it, because he was there with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then... Carrie the, well so yeah the death happens and then Carrie and Audrey have this falling out he's like well you know it probably was you or whatever because you're you know you went by Carson Dial at one point so she runs she's running away he's in like the elevator and she's running right. stairs. yeah and uh <laughs> basically there's a big long chase um we don't need to go through all the details of the chase but
1: no of course not yeah but it's very very well shot and uh it, it, it's, it's just, suspenseful it's so, there's a co- close yeah, calls. Um, yeah. Uh, uh-huh.
0: and if you really don't want spoilers, stop here. <laughs> if you don't want the yeah, ed- exactly. the end and spoilers, um, stop yeah. here. So stop here. <laughs> so the, 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 the chase ends, we get to the end of the, you know, they get out there. They, they go through a subway at one point, they get out of the subway, they run into some square near mm-hmm. like a promenade of some kind of nice, fancy yeah. building. And um, I did not Walter, Walter Mathau just happens to be. That was one of my problems with the movie. I'm like, how is he like? He's Ooh. literally just right there. Like, <laughs> he's like right there at the edge of this. There's like these, these columns of, you know, these concrete columns at this building. Like, right. almost like right. Greek. He you
1: knows you know exactly where to be. He you knows exactly where to be. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: and then but she's I like that. You know. She's stuck in between them. Carrie pulls his gun and says, you know, stop there. That stop right man's there. Carson Dial.
1: that is that man yeah exactly
0: and then there's a whole exchange and like he's they're playing they're playing her back and forth you know because she doesn't trust either one of them now
1: exactly and gets to the point where she just can't do it anymore she puts her head in her hands and uh, sorry some car beeping outside you're good but uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh but yeah yeah she puts her head in her hands she just can't she just can't take it anymore because she's been she's already been at this for (laughs) for so long in the movie already she just can't she can't do it she cannot trust anybody anymore
0: i don't think she had she didn't have any food there
1: she could eat (laughs) no 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 food at all yeah exactly (laughs) so you know it all comes to a head which who's who and what is real what is true and yes it turns out that walter matho the so-called cia agent who was there to console, uh, well, not really console, but, you know, help Regina Lampert stay out of trouble happens to be the mastermind of the entire thing. He is truly Carson Dial. He was the guy who put her up to, you know, put her up to the task. He was the man who killed the three, uh, you know, the, the, the three dudes. The three Marx uh, brothers. <laughs> the, three Marx, the three Marx brothers, exactly. And Carrie ha- was... Carrie was the true man. He was really there to help her. He was really there to console her. And he was really, he was there to, you know, get her out of this hellish scenario where she would have to find the money and give it back to the U S government and the way it all ends, you know, I mean, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it, it, it comes to a head at a very, very uh, stellar conclusion.
0: Yeah. Um, and yeah. I will say though, before you keep going, uh yeah. Walter Mathau was the one who called Regina while she was in the hotel and said hey it, it you know that guy is the murderer um right. Right, right come to this area or come to this place and I will meet you here at the colonnade or whatever so they did that did make sense uh, that wasn't yeah I, I was uh <laughs> I misremembered because I watched it a month ago and then Watch watch the commentary, and I I couldn't hear what they're saying in the movie. I'm listening to the <laughs> to those guys talk. So yeah, that that, uh-huh. ma- that all makes sense.
1: We're good. That makes sense now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, they then there's another chase with uh, well actually there's a shootout. And, there's a shootout. And, yeah, and, between uh,
1: Carrie and Mathew. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and then so then we get Regina's running away. Then we get Carrie. Uh, then we get uh, M- a runs after her. Then we have Carrie behind him, and they're shooting at each other while they're running after her, and.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And What yeah. <laughs> we, we want to keep keep going and just finish out the plot <laughs> at this point. Yeah.
1: Why? <laughs> why not? Why not? Yeah. So basically, it, they, they make their way into this theater, and I, I don't know the terms, or the, the term for the for this uh, thing, but Audrey makes her way and hides in the uh, you know the, it's, the called, uh, it's
0: called the prompt box in the at the front prompt of the- box,
1: basically. Yeah. She, hi- she she hides there and. And 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 Walter Mathau's character, uh, Hamilton Bartholomew, is trying. Is he's there silently looking for her, lurking in the shadows, basically, just trying to figure out where she is. And he hears this noise, which I believe was caused by Carrie. And uh, yeah, Carrie tries to open the door to the prop box, and he fails. And and, Walt, and then of course you Matthau know f- Walter, c-
0: yeah, circles back around to see if she's he there.
1: Back exactly and he he realizes oh yep you're hiding there come on out mrs lambert and carrie it's a it's a very clever scene just the way it's shot and carrie's underneath um the the stage and he's got access to these ropes or these levers that open up the, the the different um what do you call it shafts in the stage so that you know if he can play it right if he can play it by ear just correctly Walter Matthau will fall through one of these uh, one of these shafts. Yeah, tra- the trap
0: door from like they're, they're there's the like a big door. there's like a big grid of like a one through five, b exactly. one through five. So like he's trying to guess which one. It's like it's
1: like a big bingo board. Exactly, ex- exactly, exactly. And you know this is where you know you're you're there and you're like oh my god, is he gonna is he gonna find the correct one? And he's just listening to the footsteps, the silent footsteps of Walter Matthau, and he makes his way to. One trap door and figures out, oh, he's right there. He pulls it and he falls right through. And yep, I then think it, the chase ends. Yeah, yep. I'm pretty yeah. sure he died. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which he
0: didn't fall that far. I guess it was like 20, 20 or 30 feet. I guess and it was enough damage to kill you, or yeah. break your neck or something. But,
1: right, um, right.
0: Still, it's, it's over, regardless.
1: Right, right. It's uh, over. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, yeah. yeah, then lucky, they. Lucky um, man, just- Lucky man gets the dame. Yeah. And, <laughs> he was always lucky, man. For
0: like 30 years, yeah, he, he was, was always, lucky. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: so then, yeah, they return to the, uh, to, to the U.S. Embassy in France. And, you know...
0: To turn over the dames.
1: Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So you think it's all over. And, uh, but then, you know, it's not really over yet. Carrie plays one final trick on her. And she... she well... She turns over the stamps, and how did the scene end again? She walks through a door to visit this one uh, this one so man she, going she by. so she
0: walks into a door, yeah, and then there's a secretary, and then to the mm-hmm. left there's a there's an office, but outside yeah, exactly. where they, where they walked by, there was a door leading into that same office so, exactly because so, she
1: was she was supposed to see Mr Cruikshank,
0: yeah. And yeah. actually, th- during the commentary, um, Donnan's like, "Oh yeah, we were about to film this scene initially, and then I realized, damn it, I didn't put the other door there, so it wouldn't the scene wouldn't <laughs> make sense. So they had to like go film something else and come back and fix that set, which is uh, kind of funny.
1: Uh, I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so oh, that's uh, hilarious. She
0: goes and talks to the secretary and says she's there to see Mister Crookshank." And mm-hmm. Carrie slips in that back door and you realize, oh, he was the, I don't know if he was the CIA or what was he? Oh, a, a treasury agent. hes yeah. you, He was after the money the whole time too, but to get it back for the guy, he was like basically actually Matthau's character, just not for the CIA. Was,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the way that's revealed, it's just hilarious. And then, you know, you get the little, uh, you know, the little cute scene with Audrey falling in love with him and – And then there's the funny line where you know I hope we all have we have sons and we can name them all after you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and then before that
0: she's like you can't even be honest about being dishonest.
1: (laughs) I love it. So he had like what what, five? At that point, five five different identities. Yeah, 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 around five aliases.
0: Obviously, lends itself to the the title of the movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and again. There's that bit of it. There's the Walter Matthau reveal. There's um, Charles Voss, who's was Charles Lambert, and he had a bunch of different mm-hmm. identities. Basically, all these men in in her life and and Reggie and uh, Regina Lambert's life were literally just like lying to her about who they were, and that's I guess mistaken not mistaken identity, just just not being tr you know, honest.
1: But, right, 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 yeah.
0: but it it was I I honestly I gave it so we'll we'll end with our well I'm ready to rate it I'll tell you what I rated it let you say what you rated it out of 10 and then I'm actually increasing my score so
1: there you go (laughs) initially (laughs) I gave I gave
0: yeah I gotta watch it I'm gonna watch it again um I'll probably Mm -hmm. actually I think my wife would enjoy um Audrey Hepburn in in a movie so I'll probably watch it with her um, in the next few months yeah man but so I gave it a seven I gave it a seven my first watch yeah,
1: uh, uh see my, my, well mine is now a 10 out of 10 but it originally was at a uh, slightly less uh, than that so a four and a half out of five stars but now is a 10 a 10 out of 10 for me you know it, 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 it's a film that I mean see this is also a very generic statement. But people, people like, to, like to say they don't make them like this anymore. And I'm sorry to say, but it is, it is true, you know. I'm, I, I, can't really, I can't really name... It's not just in terms of filmmaking. It's not just in terms of uh, that whole thing. But, you know, you, you look at movies nowadays, and I can't really name another a, a film that has this, you know, like a, a top-tier form of scre- on-screen chemistry like Terry and Audrey. You know, it's something that you, that you aim for. It's something that you shoot for. It's not only, you know, inspirational, but it's also, you know, admirable. You look at that and you just think to yourself, man, that's magic right there. Well, and
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. that's definitely true. And that's actually going to lead right perfectly into my next thing I wanted to mention about it. Um, uh-huh. So uh, originally, you ne- I don't, I think I told you maybe I did or didn't, I don't know if I told you today or not before we started recording, but actually Carrie and Audrey almost didn't they they almost weren't the stars for the movie.
1: Oh no 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 you didn't mention that one yet. Uh,
0: okay so yeah. basically Donnan had the script uh and got the script from Peter Stone and they were he was like working on it and had Carrie and Audrey kind of in mind and he went to audrey Mm -hmm. first and she said yeah like Mm -hmm. i definitely want to work with carrie grant like perfect like i definitely (laughs) would love i would love to do that whatever and then then donna went to carrie and carrie was like eh not really (laughs) feeling it like i think i don't know if he didn't like the script or didn't maybe it was the whole like she's a lot younger than me thing or what it was the
1: age thing i believe It, it was the age thing as far as i remember carrie had always wanted to work with audrey for a while yeah um yeah. and and i think they almost they almost did in uh, sabrina which is you know d- written directed by billy wilder and okay. uh, sabrina uh, have you seen it ben
0: no that's with uh, Will, william holden right and that, that's it, a, that's with sinatra or somebody else it's
1: with w- 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 william holden and humphrey bogart, bogart. and Carrie. Yeah, Carrie nearly played Bogart's role, but okay. it, I forgot what the story is was, but uh, it, it didn't come to fruition, yeah, and so, and well, yeah, so I mean that changes they, the entire not- film,
0: and we're lucky what happened for here didn't either, because so basically Don said, all right, well if you don't want to do it, then I'll go get other people, and then exactly. originally it was at Columbia Pictures was the was the production company behind it, and they were like, hey Stanley, like this is taking a entirely too long in to cast. So we're just going to move. <laughs> we're going to move on from it. Like we're going to let the contract lapse. So then uh-huh. I guess, this must've been like in the late fifties. So then a couple years later, um, he, I guess Donnan's con- the contract lapse or whatever. And he get he takes the script and moves it over to universal. And he goes to, I guess maybe these two people were at universal at the time. Maybe they were contract actors for them. I'm not sure, but he goes to Warren Beatty, and, uh, oh,
1: no. Natalie, no, no, no,
0: no, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm mistaken. He, he goes back to Columbia and says,
1: Yeah,
0: hey, I want to use these, these people. And then that's when they said, No, nah, this is taking too long. Like, you should have already had them cast. Oh, then he goes uh-huh. to Universal. Uh huh. And then he goes back to Carrie and says, Hey, like, I got this film. If you're interested, let me know. And apparently, Carrie was in the middle of a movie possible movie with howard hawks and i guess it. Oh, the, another one oh he didn't he, well he didn't he didn't like the script so he, he dropped it and he's like really? all right he's like stanley all right like i'll i'll be with you and then he went and then stanley donna went back to audrey and was like hey carrie's in, in for that movie I, I came to you about before like you are you still interested and she was like definitely and that's wow. i guess right that all happened and then that dinner probably happened a, a few months later where she spilled the wine on him so
1: <laughs> that would have
0: Warren Beatty uh, or Beatty or whatever you say his name. I always get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and, Natal- and Natalie Wood, which she's she died young. We know the story behind she that. Died kind of very yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that would have I, been a completely different. Uh, that would have been dynamic. Weird.
1: I don't think I probably would. I probably would not have liked it as much. Honestly, yeah, because I mean, you know, you a film like this, you look at the casting and you look at the you look at Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant. I don't know. It just. It, it doesn't really ring the same. Warren Beatty and Natalie Wood, they, I mean, look, they, they, I think they're a little bit more. I mean, this might be BS on my part, what I'm about to say, but the way I see those two, they're more so attributed to films that are not as, you know, lighthearted and full of charisma as, you know, something that Carrie and Audrey would do together. Warren Beatty is uh, – yeah, no, I, I I can't do it. I can't <laughs> – it just doesn't work to me. It doesn't work yeah, for me. Yeah, I mean,
0: me. I, I haven't seen yeah. too many of his movies. I, I've seen uh, – I know for a fact I saw – I saw. I own it now on Blu-ray. I have Dick Tracy. Which one? And Dick Tracy. Oh, Dick Tracy. Yeah, I actually do. I thought like that movie – it was pretty good. It wasn't bad. Pretty but good. like yeah. Warren Beatty is just not my – like I'm not like – oh, he's in the movie, I got to see it. But if it's exactly yeah. somebody the else, same. there's plenty of people like, you know, James Stewart, uh, John Wayne, Cary Grant. If they're in a movie, it's like now I'm more likely to see it.
1: Exactly. I I mean, like, I haven't seen much of Warren Beatty myself, but I, I, I've seen uh, Bugsy. And the way I see Warren Beatty is that he's not – he is a leading man, but his leading man quality isn't really – I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't really bear the same caliber as, say, a James Stewart or a Cary Grant or a Gary Cooper. His leading man quality is sort of forced in a way, if you ask me.
0: You're you're just saying he and, doesn't he doesn't have the same charisma beat as you like. Like basically, oh, he, he's yeah, put on. Yeah. He's put. He's he's, he's put acting. On, yeah. yeah, he's not being yeah, natural. Yeah. Like some like John, yeah. John Wayne yeah. was a guy who's like. What you saw in the picture was probably how he acted in real life. And Cary Grant's yeah. probably the exact same way.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get that. I don't get that with Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty is more of a, uh, he, he's more of a producer than he is a leading man. And I think really that's a result of, uh, I mean, like his, you know, for example, like Bugsy that was produced by him, you know, he's there to kind of prompt himself up. No, I mean, he,
0: well, he, he was a narcissist, man. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, he's a total. He's a total. He's a total narcissist. Yeah, yes. this is the thing that I, I, I I'm not a big fan of because you can kind of see that in in an actor. You can definitely see that in an actor.
0: Well, he that is yeah he literally it's, he slept around yeah. with literally like every actress in the world in the '60s and '70s. So
1: yeah, <laughs> so he
0: definitely was Blander, not. You know, yeah, he's well, yeah. There was like a story at one point where he was with somebody, really, and he, and he like woke up. I just know this from reading about him today because I read I read about him when I was doing research about this little story. And apparently there was one point he was sleeping with somebody in in a bed like they were asleep. And yeah, (laughs) he woke up and woke up this woman and said, are you like he woke her up to make sure that he that she was thinking about him. Like that's how narcissistic he was.
1: Oh, he really, he so really did that.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, he did. He, oh he well, yes. Yeah, so this person told the story to somebody else, so we're going off of secondhand knowledge. But I think that's probably true. Um he's he's still, I think he's, I think he's actually still alive. He's pretty old. He's, in his he, 80s,
1: he's still alive. Eighties, nineties, maybe. Yeah, the guy's Hollywood royalty. Yeah, yeah. but I'm um, really not a fan of him. Yeah, Sorry, so Warren, the, Bay. The, Warren here, Bay, any fans are gonna have to do, deal with that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I haven't. I've only seen. I've only seen Dick Tracy, so I'd actually have to watch a couple more to to see. But I probably won't that's be watching actually something I'm interested. In. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would not watch a Bugsy movie. Uh, the, the Bugsy no, movie. No.
1: No. I, Bugsy I, is not, a, not It's not great. No, that, that's it's
0: the. Great. That's a uh, gangster movie, right?
1: It's the gangster movie about uh, about Bugsy Siegel and how he fought. How he, um, you know made his way to the top in Vegas for a bit and then, you know, created the Flamingo Hotel. And I think really, as far as I know, I mean, as far as I know, the movie's pretty much well known for uh, the romance between Warren Beatty and Annette Benning in, in the film. Uh, that was how gotcha. they, that was how they got together. And I think that's the movie's more so well known for that.
0: Gotcha. Well, I'm not yeah. not interested at all.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's not. I do. I, th- I think that's a Barry Levinson film too. I mean, I'm not. Oh, yeah, well, I'm,
0: I, oh Barry. Le- I, so you know he's from Baltimore, which is where I'm. Set. I'm kind of uh, from, kind of from Baltimore. Uh, and he has uh, kind of. <laughs> Barry Levinson has four movies that are like the quote unquote Baltimore movies from him. And uh, are they really? <laughs> yeah, one of them is one of my dad's favorite movies, uh, Tin Men, and it's with. Uh, why can I not think of his name? It's with... Uh, who's the guy in It's Always Sunny? Holy crap. The short guy. Ooh, Danny DeVito. Yes, Danny DeVito. And um, <laughs> the other guy, is, his name's deluding me too, but I, his, I'm picturing his face. But regardless, it's a comedy about these like aluminum siding salesmen in the 60s in Baltimore. And it's just like they, they hate, these two guys hate each other. And it's, it's <laughs> Danny DeVito and the other guy from Oof Stakeout. Not Emilio Estevez, the other guy. Um,
1: I gotta look this up now. The the front, what's the name of the movie? The, the
0: uh, it's Tin Men, the, but yeah, I, I, Tin I Men. Yeah, I'm gonna get it in like two seconds. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Richard Dreyfus. I can't Richard Dreyfus. I couldn't think of his name, hey, Rich, but um,
1: Richard Dreyfus is great. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: you would like that movie. We should we should cover that. I think we should cover that. Yeah, But will yeah, uh, think that. But yeah. that, that was a sidestep from Warren Beatty. I do want to see yeah. Warren Beatty's um, – he stars in a movie called The Parallax View, which is like a kind of like a political thriller.
1: I do want to see yeah. that movie. I do want to see that oh, movie. Oh, okay. The Parallax View. Okay, I've heard about it, but I have not yeah. seen it. Okay, yeah, maybe but, that could be another one we could cover. Yeah,
0: I know we're, we're – Narcissistic
1: coming- Warren Beatty.
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's usually what happens when you're a Democrat, but well, we're not going to go there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly.
0: No, no, he, well, no. he's, he probably had a bloated head for a lot of reasons, but he, he got big. And then the studios, I know from, from what I've heard, the studios gave him a lot of, lot of um, pull when he was making his own movie. So he probably just got a yeah. reputation of being like this, like, oh, I'm an auteur. I'm, a, uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. oh, so you're a dick.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, no, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. You, 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 you can you see a lot of that shine through in, in his performance in Bugsy. But then again, you know, maybe there's the excuse that, oh, this is the real Bugsy Siegel. Okay, sure. Yeah. But there are scenes where you're like, man, you really, you really wanted that scene in there to stand out okay I, yeah. I see it i see it i see it you know well so. i maybe i'll
0: have to watch it now just because we're talking about it. i'm not we won't review bugsy but maybe you can review no. or review another maybe a different one um
1: yeah 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 absolutely i'll
0: have to watch that uh yeah and we'll, we'll we'll mention warren Beatty in a in a maybe like less than 20 episodes maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll mention maybe. His, yeah but um you
1: might hear me complain about him some more so we, yeah you know.
0: <laughs> that's fine with me <laughs>
1: Um, but then well, we, you know i i, I want to see dick tracy like uh, genuinely i really i, do I see would dick tracy.
0: i would yeah. review that but I, I mean okay I, I i know it's not like uh i mean charade has been reviewed by other podcasts i'm sure but i i listened right. to a podcast that reviewed dick tracy a few years ago and uh-huh. um yeah i mean we obviously be way different if we covered it but no i think it's worth i got it i th- it was under 10 bucks the the blue ray under Blu-ray was under ten dollars so i was like i got uh, i listened to the yeah. episode like i was going back on this podcast and listening to their episodes and uh-huh. they, were, they were talking about it and i'm like oh i'll just look up how much it costs like they they recommend it to a degree and mm-hmm. I, I was like oh like whatever 899 i'm like all right purchased like that's not that bad so
1: right right, right. i
0: recommend okay. that one but um all right
1: to, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: To, to go back to Charade, I did have one other thing I wanted to uh, mention. What's that, up? That, uh, well, two things. One, the, yeah. orig- the original script title was The Unsuspecting Life, which is, uh-huh. in fact, true, but a boring title. Charade's much better.
1: Charade is way, way better, way simpler. It drives home the point. Yeah,
0: so, and the last yeah. thing I want to mention is, the um, I, yeah. I would assume you know about this, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But the famous, the assassination line,
1: uh which Oh, I think I know what you're yeah, I know what you're talking when, about. Uh, you know, it, but it,
0: they're talking yeah. like they're having that ice cream, I think, and they're talking and she's talking uh Audrey Happer's talking about being killed, and she's like, Yeah, I don't want to be assassinated, but it the movie came out literally The timing like with three
1: K's assassination. It yeah. came
0: out three weeks after the assassination, or maybe two weeks. So they literally had to go dub that real quick
1: to change that. I they changed,
0: that. Yeah, they changed uh assassinate
1: to to uh, elim- what was it again
0: eliminate eliminate <laughs> yeah and then yeah,
1: three weeks after the assassination in Dallas JFK's assassination in Dallas and yeah. The, yeah and then
0: Don and yeah. Don was pissed off in the commentary he's like what the heck they changed it like They changed it back on this. Like I didn't know they changed it back. Like once I once I release a movie, that's the movie. I I I don't care if if it wasn't the original thing. Like I I was, he was like not happy.
1: (laughs) He was not happy in the comment. Oh man, that. Well, I'm sure what what happened
0: was the studio who gave it might have been Criterion or somebody else, but the studio Universal um, (laughs) who ended up being the production company and Don and Films, they probably Uh, owned the original negative. So they probably gave the original negative or a copy of it and like whatever extra stuff to whatever company was re releasing it. So that company uh-huh. was like, well, we're, you know, it's been 30 or 40 years since the assassination. I think we can put that back in. No one's going to remember.
1: So I see. I see. He just didn't okay. know about it. but okay. what, I mean,
0: whatever. I'd, I'd, I'd I, mean, I, <laughs> I would prefer assassinate than eliminate. Cause you those aren't the same words. You'd obviously see. They're not it, the same
1: so. words at all. It's very, it's very PC. It's like, yeah, oh so. wow,
0: that one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but oh wow, that one. It's all spaghetti western on us for like three se- seconds.
1: So. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, I see why Donovan was upset, but I mean, hey, he had it as assassinate in the very beginning. You know, I mean, I, if it were me, I would be kind. Of, I think I would be happy, but you know, that's that, that, that's simple for me to say. You know, I can't compare that to you know an American alt of filmmaking. And that would be Stan standing. And you know the the you know I think I, I think uh, well I mean still I mean my favorite dawn in picture would be uh, singing in the rain. I mean uh, you also have a strong affinity for that and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which is something I need to revisit myself. could Cover um, that one. I have you, you could cover that. I, I had the Blu-ray.
0: I bought it. Yeah. I bought the I bought the DVD like whatever a year and a half ago and then like the blue the blu-ray came out three months later and i was like damn it but i you gotta get that the dvd was five five bucks so whatever
1: well hey i mean like i I own like two of the same stuff too i mean hey look i mean like i i got as a kid i not really wore out but i watched jackie's rumble in the bronx over and over again and then later i got it on blu-ray so i have that (laughs) in its primitive form and then now i have the blu-ray so it's like "Eh, i don't mind. I don't yeah. mind owning the, like more than one of the same thing. Hey, you know, if I love it that much.
0: Speaking of know. Jackie,
1: you know yes, I you know correct.
0: I you know I own Police Story like four times. So <laughs> Yes, you do.
1: Yes, you do. And I'm wondering how I don't own Police Story because <laughs> you're
0: not because stu- you're not stupid like me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, hey, you know, I mean like that I'm I'm probably going to own Police Story 3 twice because 88 Films is releasing a new uh copy. So yes. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be that would be the Hong Kong version, I believe. So I, I the uh,
0: I think they're releasing be... multiple cuts. No. Are they really? Oh yeah, the, a lot, if you go look at Dragons for Forever, that which is coming out next month, they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah that when one, I say when I say next gone. month, yeah. it, it won't be next month because it'll be we're recording this way before we're releasing it. Like, but <laughs> October twenty twenty two. Uh huh. That movie's coming out, Dragons Forever, and I think they're releasing the Hong Kong, the English, and the international. So there's like three cuts oh on
1: that. Oh my gosh! Okay, well I'm getting ready to own it four times then. So yeah,
0: <laughs> um, but I, I for super for Super Cop, aka Police Story Three, I'm I will not be yeah. surprised if there's at least two cuts on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. For whatever I, reason, I, find-
0: I think everywhere was just like, oh my gosh, the Hong Kong is. The Hong Kong version is just too violent. We got to cut out a couple scenes or whatever. It's stupid.
1: So, <laughs> it, it is pretty it, stupid.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, the UK, S- Scotland, Ireland, all those guys were known to do that a lot. Where to cut movies down like minutes? They cut minutes off of the action scenes.
1: Oh uh, boy! To get boy. rid of, to just get rid kind of, of bl- ruin the quality. Come To, on. C- to censor <laughs> to censor stuff. Uh, geez, yeah. whatever. <laughs> That's neither here nor uh, there.
0: But um, yeah. <laughs> that was the last thing I had to say about uh charade. So is there any other things you want to plug for this movie?
1: Oh, well, it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, I think of course, like we both could have said a lot more about it, but you know, I think um, at, at this point, I think, uh, yeah, that, 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 that's, that, that's all, that's all I got to say. I, I, I love Audrey. I love Audrey in this a lot. Um, maybe it might be controversial, but if you ask me, it might be my favorite um, appearance of Audrey in her movies. And I've seen Roman Holiday. I've seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. And everyone doesn't... Sh- no one shuts up about Breakfast at Tiffany's. You know, everyone everyone praises that film as, you know, the Audrey Hepburn. And yeah, sure. But, you know, when I, when I want to look at uh, just, you know, a- everything about Audrey Hepburn and what what she could do. I mean, if you ask me, I think my favorite Audrey Hepburn would be in Charade. I have...
0: And, not se- I have not seen Breakfast at Tiffany's, so I guess I gotta yeah. go compare now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, I, I love her. In Ro- I love her in Roman Holiday. Hey, you love Roman Holiday oh, that's, too, don't
0: you? That's my favorite. That's the my that's my favorite, and I think the best pure rom com of all time.
1: But that's just me. Yeah, I, I can, I can agree with that. I think I can agree with that. I, I need to revisit that one myself, actually. I need to own uh, that. You need to own that. <laughs> I need to
0: own that one. I saw that yeah, I think I saw it on Amazon yeah. Prime two years ago with my wife. So obviously oh, saw, saw it for free, sweet. but <laughs> Well not for free. I pay for Amazon. But yeah, that was uh that's definitely a movie I would not mind owning on Blu ray because I love um I like William Wyler films and I like Gregory Peck a lot, so
1: Mm-mm. Well, uh, well. Uh, speaking of rom coms, I uh, y- given that you mentioned we just mentioned Roman Holiday with Audrey Hepburn, one I think you're also going to love, and I think I could I could probably chalk this up to being one of my favorite Audrey Hepburn movies too, alongside Charade. But it would be Sabrina, uh, written directed by Billy Wilder, starring William Holden and Humphrey Bogart, and could have been a potential uh, Cary Grant film too. But Audrey in that film is fantastic, and that's another fantastic rom com.
0: I have that. not seen it, but I. I'm not a huge William Holden guy, but I do like, Oh really? No, <laughs> I don't hate him, but I just, for yeah. some reason I just, when, I, when it's like the movies just starring him, I don't really like that. Doesn't draw me to the film, but
1: no. Yeah. I understand that. Um,
0: yeah. I do like both. A- I like, I like, uh, that you said, oh, Bi- you said that's Billy Wilder, right?
1: That's Billy Wilder. Yeah. yeah
0: I like his, the, the few movies I've seen from him. So I'll definitely check that uh, out too. Um, definitely.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I don't know what we're we're reviewing something next. That is your we pick. Are, so if you know what it is, you need to say now. If you don't, then
1: it's a uh, surprise. Well, I don't know what it is now, so we'll leave it as as a surprise. Okay. <laughs> I have an idea, but maybe uh, I don't know. I mean, like I could pick from like a bunch of films, and it's like yeah. Well, we'll save it. We'll save it. <laughs> yeah. I guess you will find out in the next episode, kids. So. <laughs>
0: or adults Uh, hopefully adults yeah hopefully adults (laughs)
1: hopefully adults (laughs) yeah all right guys well yeah with that uh
0: au revoir